everybody out there in the galaxy, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in on all the characters, details, settings, situations, scenarios, and things out there in the Star Wars galaxy. My name is Mac, I'm one of your hosts, I'm joined by a fellow music patron, my buddy Ross. Mac, great to be back in the same room with you this week. The last mm -hmm. few months have seen our schedules be very turbulent. We've been all over. Mm -hmm. We've been, uh, you know, saving the world from annihilation, as it were. But this week, we are finally back together. And not only are we back, but we have a guest. For the first time <gasps> in a long time. I remember when we had those. <laughs> Welcome back. Mr. Vito, Hi, great I'm, to see you. I'm the one who's been doing the annihilating. How are you? <laughs> it's doing good, doing good. We are, we couldn't be better because we are here to talk about some Star Wars. And not only are we here to talk about Star Wars, we're here to talk about a piece of Star Wars that you find particularly endearing. The Visions short Tatooine Rhapsody, episode two of season one of Star Wars Visions. We talked about episode one a few weeks ago, and today we are going to go and do full spoilers for episode two. Vito, I know you're excited. Tell us about what you're thinking. You excited to talk about the episode? I'm thrilled. This is such a cool piece of of Star Wars and I it's something so different and you know that that's my favorite kind of Star Wars. So I'm thrilled to be here. I'm yes. thrilled to see, you know what, you guys have been thinking about it. Yes, we and, haven't had a chance to talk visions together as a group yet. Well, and I'm also excited to have someone who actually watches anime talking about the anime stuff as well. <laughs> yes, yes, because I am certainly the odd man out here when it comes to uh anime fandom. Um well, without further ado, I just want to get into it, because I know we have a lot to say, and I've got this song stuck in my head now, so we, we should really just dive right in. All right. with our second episode of Star Wars Visions, talking about Tatooine Rhapsody, Mac back in the same room together, and we have our first guest in a long time, Vito, here to talk about Star Wars Visions. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about the first episode, The Duel, mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. if you don't want to have any spoilers for this second episode of Star Wars Visions, this is your final warning. Just one more final warning. Okay, <laughs> we are going to dive in. And the reason we are talking about this episode today is because, uh, one, Mac has seen it. He has not Yay! seen all of them. <laughs> Two, uh, Vito, this episode stood out to you. So can you tell us why? What made, you know, before we dive into the details and the spoilers and whatnot, can you tell us what drew you into Tatooine Rhapsody? I mean, everything about this is special, right? Mm -hmm. This was 13 minutes of just like the most precious material as far as I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> I, it, 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 it was so much fun for me, the animation style and mm -hmm. the musical style. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't, we don't get to see or hear this kind of content um, and especially not in regard to kind of in universe you know, we're, we're on Tatooine, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jabba's here. And for those who have a, here we go. First one of the day, Fett fetish. Um, <laughs> we got, we got a touch of Boba Fett too. You're so right. we did. All, we get some good Fett con. all of this was excellent. The, the song speaks to me and coincidentally, uh, as we're recording earlier this week, uh, the soundtrack was yes. released to streaming services as well. Yes. So that's kind of a fun little, like, mm, I was able to listen to it on the way in. There's some really yeah. great music in all of Visions. And obviously, when you think music, this is probably the one that stands out because it is the most traditional, catchy song that comes from this. Everything else is ambiance well, and, you know, that kind of thing. But this is a unique standout for Star Wars. This has come a long way since, like, Jabba Flow or any of the other songs we get uh, in <laughs> Star Wars Flo. films. Yeah, 
I haven't thought about Java flows in a while. 2015. But, but I mean, you're, you, I think the other reason it's so critical is because it's also very important to the story of this episode. It is, it ends on yes. this being the whole reason yes. that the entire plot is hinged. So well, real quick, let's frame up. We're certainly going to talk about it. I do want to say one other thing before okay. we jump At in. Is just, okay. This episode is what I expected all of Star Wars Visions to be. Now, okay. Matt, we've talked about this, Vito. You wouldn't have heard this before, but I didn't really watch the trailers. Yeah. I'm at this new point in my life where oh. if I'm already sold on something, I don't watch the trailers. I learn as little about it as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't watch any Marvel trailers anymore. Like, I'll watch a minute of it just to see, like, oh, this is what this movie is. And then I'm done. Like, I don't even finish the teaser trailer. Visions, they announced it. They announced, like, you know, the, the press clipping of what it would be. And I'm like, yep, I'm in. Doesn't matter. Gonna watch it. <laughs> and so I didn't watch anything. I saw the poster. And then, so at this point, watching this first time, I had seen the duel. I'm like, wow, this is really great. This is a lot of fun. I'm gonna have a great time with this. But I'm a little surprised. I expected things that were a little bit less typical Star Wars. And Tatooine Rhapsody gives us less typical Star Wars, whereas the other eight shorts, in some ways or another, are much more Star Wars-y in their content. So Hmm. going into this one, that is my favorite thing about this episode, (laughs) is that it is the most unique and the thing that we would be least likely to see in a Star Wars film. Whereas all of the other ones, even a freaking bunny running around with a lightsaber, I could see in a Star Wars film, whereas I don't think this I would. And so that's what I like so much about this. Interesting. Uh, being honest, I haven't seen all the other ones. I know. So it's hard, it's hard to so, say. Vito, I, now I know you have. Yes. But, and this, but this one still stands out to you the most. Is it for a reason like that? Or is it just because it's more your personal style? It's so much fun. It is mm-hmm. fun. There's and that is my fun. personal yes. style. Mm-hmm. Um, fair, fair. That song. And, you know, ad- admittedly, like the, the, the English translation of the song is good. Um, what is it? Galactic. Oh, my goodness. Galactic Dreamer, I believe, is the name of the I song. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Um, it is as amazing in English as the original Japanese. You know, it's and funny. I hadn't thought about that. I didn't go and listen to the Japanese one, and I very much should have. I kind of disappointed myself. You know that. You know that I watched it in Japanese of course first. I know. I know. <laughs> you know that I did. I know. Um, but I was really pleasantly surprised with the dub as well. We had, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing his anime protagonist impression, which was yes. a delight. Um, Do you think he did oh, the Oh, wait singing? till the next one, buddy. Wait till the next one if you want to hear an amazing anime protagonist impression. Okay, okay. Wait, what's the third one? Isn't the twins the third one? Oh, yes. <laughs> so that, all right, we're not even going to get into that. Yeah. I don't have time to yeah. get into that right now. Uh, okay, so let's let's start this one off here. So we open up. Uh, and this right away drew me in. I- I'm sure, Mac, you were enjoying this, too. Oh, we yeah. We open up on Coruscant during Order 66. Uh, yes, we do. And we see a Padawan getting chased, a young Padawan getting chased by clone troopers. What a great way to start. No idea we're about to fall in the story we're about to fall into. Well, it's cool because you're seeing it's 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 uh, I can't remember what the actual slums called, but it's like the slums that are at the edge between the city and the works. The works is where we right. see like the the chase in episode two end, and that's where we see the ending of episode two, where oh the emperor hangs out in that bad part of the industrial side of the planet, and so you see these foundries and stuff he's being chased through with all the clones and stuff, and he just falls backwards into a van, man, <laughs> and here he meets his uh, his slug friend, a hut. Uh, who will go on to become more than just his friend, but his bandmate. Um, now, all of the characters here, because it cuts right away, you know, for just a brief moment, we get this connection between our main character, Jay, mm-hmm. and his, uh, his new hut acquaintance. And then immediately we cut away. The character looks different. He doesn't have his training braid anymore. He's now in a uh, much more casual outfit. And uh, they're talking, they're on a stage talking about how they're the biggest band in the world, about how they're going to, how they, they're the best. They can do anything. And, uh, you know, we, we hear them play. We, we hear some music from them. Yeah. And it's for the first time. It's, it's great. Cause yeah, you, you transition from this like whimpering Padawan who you're like, oh my God, this kid is going to die. And he's looking to this, this hut to like, is there anything you do for me, man? And then we see, oh yeah, man, I got a band. You can just hide out in the band. And like, 
that transition to now he's a little bit cocky and he's like ready to over this band. And we see that this is definitely like you're the casino band or something like that because you're like, you're here. You're very excited about this is a big gig for you. But most of the people are just kind of milling around and you're just ambiance. Yeah. I, I like that, though. I like that they have a they have their uh, their footing, you know, that they're on their way to becoming superstars. <laughs> what is so special about this is that we have been exposed over the years to a lot of different music mm-hmm. within the the Star Wars, you know, umbrella. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You you've had such perfect compositions as Lopty Neck, <laughs> uh, which I will, you know, carry to the grave as being the greatest song ever written. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we've we've tended toward this unusual music, right? Um genres which are not best stated in polite company um a funny take on the word jazz if ever there was one yes but our, uh, our, our, our bith friends are definitely this kind of weird synthy jazz we also had like the very odd sort of like lounge uh stuff solo. from solo yes. uh was it chicken in the pot i think oh, it's called i can't remember but, now and i'm sad i can't yeah but here we have this beautiful relentlessly positive Fits like a glove yeah. <laughs> within this cutesy anime. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It gives me the same energy I felt watching Digimon the movie in theaters, hearing the cover of whatever the heck. I can't remember that song was now off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, but like that is the energy it's providing of just like when you're watching this cartoon and this style and you're seeing this Star Wars universe, but with this very modern sound over top of it this very thing that is the opposite of what star wars normally has it's refreshing in a lot of ways um there was one thing here and i hate to gripe but there's one thing that really kind of like yeah but did no one think to catch that when he's like here's the guy on bass here's the guy on drums here's the guy on guitar i'm like you couldn't have said like I don't know Valacord or like any oh, other Star oh, Wars <laughs> word. I get it. Like you it wanted... wasn't drums, guitar, and bass. Like you couldn't come up with Star Wars instruments. Again, yeah, you. That un... was the one thing for me. Now I am not holding <laughs> these vision shorts to any sort of canonicity. Like people complaining about the next one, the twins, um, you know, and the things that happen in there about like breathing in space and whatnot. Spoiler, sorry. Um, mm. Like. I don't think that stuff should matter. So it's not like this is ruining it for me or taking me out of the moment. I'm just like, did no one at quality control thing to be like, they're not called guitars in Star Wars, dude. Well, see, like, that's the fun thing is I think it's fine because the instruments aren't trying to be weird space instruments. But I have to admit, I, I would have felt a warm fuzz in my heart if they went to like like the guy on keys and said like, on keys and omen box. <laughs> Like the the weird stuff the Bith are playing in the cantina, those weird space instruments that would be fun. But I think honestly, Jedi rocks being existent and canon. I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> it does show the fact of like more traditional. Just hey, it's basically just a guitar, and hey, it's basically just a sax, and hey, yeah. these are just drums. They're cool drums, but they're just drums. Well, let's talk about the instruments because we have a bass that uh, shoots fire. We have, uh, what, an electric guitar that shoots electricity, if I remember correctly, right? And we have uh, drums that a three-headed, three-torsoed, three-armed, well, six-armed, I don't even know how many appendages this thing has, but this uh, this devil-looking alien playing the drums. Um, boy, it's just wild. I don't even know what to say about these characters, because you've got like just this great eclectic collection, and... They're so much fun to watch together because every time they're like performing, they're acting as if they're the center of the room. And it's really, really enjoyable to watch. I agree. I really like their drummer. He seems like a drummer. <laughs> and and I just I, I I think all the characters have a lot of energy and uh a lot of character in just their visuals, just how they constructed them with those animation concepts of like, you know, silhouettes and all this kind of stuff. They just, they pop and they're fairly memorable. I think I agree. Everything about the art of this is something I want to watch. Everything about this is eye catching. Adorable. (laughs) Adorable. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of adorable, I have business with the slug. Yeah. That line was great. So not only does Boba Fett look great in this art style, I think he looks amazing. Yes. Um, 
I don't know. He's like something I would get out of a blind bag. That's the only way I can describe this art style here. It's like, that's what I think of this. Like all of these characters are little plastic action figures that I would pull out of a blind bag. Uh, so Boba Fett shows up at this club saying, I have business with the slug. Great line of dialogue. Very Boba Fetty. Uh, and it's great because the slug clearly like knows what this is about, but is not telling his bandmates. And mm-hmm. immediately this big fright fight breaks out and they do manage to escape. But their initial concern is just that they never get to finish a set. This is their third time now. And they keep getting interrupted, not able to finish a set. I loved that. I thought that was a great detail. Like, oh, so someone's been after you this whole time. But you're just like, man, why do we never get to finish a set? We have made our way into a beautiful little self-contained story here. Yes. And I think that's the other thing that does make this kind of fun and different is that, yes, it exists within, you know, uh, the the Star Wars universe, but also it's its own story. This could be its own little anime short in front of any film, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can sub in whatever characters you want and it still works as well. We just get all kinds of nice little treats in between. Um, But ultimately this is not a story about, you know, an, an epic space opera between the dark and light side and good and evil and wizards and religion and whatever. <laughs> this is a story about a band. And this is a story about like one dude in the band has kind of a sketchy past. One dude in the band wants to run away from his past. Like it's a story about a band and we end up in some locales. We see some familiar faces but again, this is this is a music you, anime. You're right. You could make this. It's 1970 and it's a group in Chicago and they're trying to get through their first set. And this consigliere walks in with a couple of heavies talking about the one guy who's running the band. Where do you get his money yeah. from his dad? Who's a mobster? And he wants his son to come home and join the family business. And they've been chasing these kids around the country. Like, might still call him a slug, too. Might still, The slug comes with us. <laughs> OK, so can you. Confirm that is he? He's not Jabba's son. No, no, he's a I, nephew. I think a nephew or a cousin, maybe. I I feel like they kind of allude to it, but maybe they didn't say exactly. I tried to pick it up on this watch and still felt like I just didn't get anything other than I, he's related and he's marked for execution. I get the feeling that it's just one of those kinds of concept of if you're from Malhutta and you're part of Clan Dejeric, you are just right. You you're a hut. Your job is to go and run some some spice mine for the for right. the hut families. If you're not doing that, then you are a liability to the hut family. We don't want you to be kidnapped by something and then ransom back to us. You're either in the family or you've racked up enough points. We're going to kill you. <laughs> that is what it very much feels like because Boba does eventually catch up to them. Yes. We learn all of this information about uh, our slug friend being marked for execution. We learn that he's part of Jabba's family and basically being executed for running away. Yeah. 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 Uh, Boy, that, I mean, that sucks, right? Like, you just like, hey, didn't go into the family business, so uh, sorry. I can't That's relate it. to that theme at all. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, y- yeah, and it's it it's fun because this has, like, a, to me, a little Zero the Hut energy uh-huh. in the sense of, like, man, I guess not all huts just want to be lazy mobsters i like the fact there are some with ambition and some who want to do things and have well every hot has ambition the difference is what is that in like like think of a think of stinky think of stinky the hut i'm just saying not all want to hobnob with like the elite of coruscant and their own nightclub not all of them want to go and join a band (laughs) a lot of them are like no, no, no. The entertainment should come to me. I'm not going to. But even, even, even still, though, he wants to be the biggest band in the world. He's not just happy with clubs. They want to be huge. They want to blow up. That's true. So he he's <laughs> he's reaching for the stars still, just in his own way. He wants more than a Sarlacc pit. He wants more. Have either of you ever been in a band? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, how should I put this? The... The word band you'd have to use loosely, but sure, yes. sure, sure. 
But that's every band. I mean, it is. That's it not is. a hot thing. No, that's a <laughs> musician <laughs> thing. That's, that's true. That's very, very, I, I was very, very I think point, every band know? has a few characteristics that they have to have. There's at least one member of the band, often lead guitar or vocalist, who has the dream of being bigger than the Beatles. And then you've got at least one or two members of the band who are like, I just like to play, man. I'm in like four other bands. I'm just here, you know, because you asked me to be. <laughs> And I love that energy dichotomy because there That's are definitely some of the other characters. For who... someone who doesn't know music, Mac, that is very spot on. I watch a lot of movies that involve bands, <laughs> so I'm hoping that they're... He's seen I... Whiplash 32 I... times. No, I really enjoy Scott Pilgrim, and I think that's a good example <laughs> of I, a why, band that doesn't... Why was that not my guess? How did I not guess that Scott Pilgrim was what you were... Yeah. Yeah, yeah some people want to win the Battle of the Bands, and some people are here just for the gig, man. I should not be surprised. Okay. Uh, so, uh, our hero Jay does try to stop Boba, but his lightsaber will not turn on because he is no longer that person symbolically. Yeah. Or at least that's the way I took it. And for the record, I do love the fact that he has a lightsaber like built in the shape of a microphone. That's just great. (laughs) Oh yeah. So let's get into the finale here. So this is where the sort of final act, this is the dark middle chapter of the 14 minute short. Um, so, uh, we see the memory next up of the day they met. All the other band members, along with their droid companion, are on the ship. And they, uh, you know, hear a recording of the first day they played together. Uh, they have this very emotional moment where our hero Jay runs out into the rain and basically, you know, has this speech about how he didn't leave me. He saved me when I needed him. We can't leave him now on his own. It's so good. It is. The scream Oh, my God. Yeah, he (laughs) runs out of the ship into the rain and, like, stops on the edge of the horizon where he's sort of looking down into this valley where this rain is coming. You see this shot, like, from behind him over his shoulders. And it's just, it's a really, really powerful moment. And I got to say, Vito, this time, the second time watching it, I agree. That moment really got to me because they just have this moment where they're all kind of standing around like slouched over just depressed that this is all happening to them and like resigning to just be like oh i guess we're done i guess we're breaking up or we're finding a new bass player like what are you gonna do (laughs) and jay's just like no we're not gonna have that so they travel to tatooine to make a deal not until after the clouds part. The rain mm. stops. The sun comes out. I don't think I noticed that. Oh, my oh God. God. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's anime protag energy. It is the everything has to be, the world has to be dramatically balanced yeah. to my emotional state. But I also I loved it, though. I, I really love the idea of going back to that moment and just like seeing another interesting story of someone surviving the Jedi purge in a unique way. And just, again, how much of an attachment Jay has of like, no, you don't understand. Like it wasn't just, he found me and he let me into his band. Like he saved my life. This band and being part of this is the only reason I don't have purge troopers trying to kill me all the time. (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's a, I mean, think about every survivor of order 66 we've seen has gone through some sort of trauma related to that event, right? Oh, God, yeah. And for this character to basically say, okay, that part of my life is behind me. I am moving on to what I want to be is, I think, really cool for us to see. I mean, we've seen Jedi become farmers. We've seen Jedi start families, you know, survivors of Order 66. I mean, like, we've seen some of this in Star Wars canon in recent years, but this I really like. I really like this. And to me, after Jedi Fallen Order existing and really immersing ourselves in the how difficult it is in that world to hide that part of yourself and how brutal that is on your soul to find someone who basically has the positive spin of that, of like, I was in a really dark place. He saved me. And thankfully I'm not that bad at singing. And it worked out that I found my entirely new life and my newfound family and things have gone pretty well for me (laughs) is great. (laughs) Yes. But unfortunately they have to cut a deal with Jabba that before they execute the slug, they will play one last song together in front of a um, <laughs> crowd of onlookers at the Moss Esper podcast racing arena. It's Boon to Eve. It must be. It's <laughs> I, You know what I love about it? 
it's just like a real life arena. It's multi-purpose. They've got the monster truck show on the weekend. They've got the concert <laughs> on Monday. They've got the sporting event on Tuesday. The execution. And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> the execution on Wednesday. Um, it, I, I did like, I liked being back in this arena. I like seeing Bib Fortuna. I like seeing Jabba. How cute was he too? Uh, oh my oh. God. Oh, well, we'll talk about Jabba more in a minute here because there's some good stuff. Um, So... They get taken over to the stage and they immediately bust into, um, what would you call it? A very upbeat um, anthem? Is that the word anthem you'd use? Anthem. What would you use? Vita, what do you think? You, I feel like this was your song. Tell us, tell us your thoughts about it. Okay. The lyrics contain the words, you are okay. What more is there to say? <laughs> Again, relentlessly positive. Just an absolute delight. What a blast. And, you know, again, we're looking at this as as fun cartoon time, right? Like, yeah. technically speaking, their, their bassist is about to be executed as far as anybody knows. Yeah. But again, relentlessly positive, not only in the lyrics, but the band themselves, they're relentlessly positive. Jay knows at the end, he's going to look Jabba in the eye and say, you don't want to execute this, do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, also, we have to say, you know, I don't, they don't come out and say it, but we have to assume that the rest of the band cut a deal here to also be executed at the end of this performance. There are a lot of guns pointed at them. There, I mean, there's even a point where they have a gun in their back as they're having this conversation. So, yeah. There's a teeny tiny little micro element that warms my heart of like one of my favorite movies, Blues Brothers, in the sense Mm -hmm. of they're allowed to play their one last show, but like all the periphery is all people who want to kill them. I just that that energy of yeah. like the extra reason they're belting it out with all of their hearts is because like <laughs> we might be dead after this song. Yeah. So be damned if we don't finish strong. <laughs> and let's talk about how much everyone enjoys this. Right. So, yes, when by the time the song is over, you've got the little kid in the audience screaming like one more song, one more song. But what you might not have noticed hmm. and maybe you have, we'll find out. Jabba is tapping his yes. tail along to the beat. Yes, yes. They cut early, like during the song where you see his tail tapping. And then after the stay of execution, he is full on dancing. It is. Moving and moving. Amazing. Oh, it is yeah. so much fun because he's like the high school principal, the square. You right. Know? <laughs> it, there are so many little tropes here, but it yeah. all comes together so beautifully. And again, of 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 all of the do we call them episodes of visions what what is the what's the term we're using yeah, shorts. i think they're I call them segments. shorts so yeah of so. of all the shorts yeah. this one is the fun one for sure they're all fun this but this one, one is yeah. purely fun yes well i love the fact the lightsaber doesn't get turned on it doesn't turn into a fight it is just yes. one of my favorite ways to end a movie. I remember coming out of the theater, seeing the first SpongeBob movie, yep. thinking that this was great. Of So how do we resolve the problems? Through the power of rock. Power of rock. You are absolutely right, Vito. And I, I realize Mac isn't going to get this, but this is the only one that is not Jedi versus Sith in some way. I mean, really, three is, four is. Not all Sith, maybe like good versus evil, you know, rebellion versus empire, but like every single other short involves a lightsaber getting turned on and Mm -hmm. a good guy and bad guy fighting each other with their lightsabers. Every single one. And we've talked many times in the show. That is some of the trade of Star Wars. I mean, it's my favorite part. Like, I'm not going to, well, I'm not going to, but. And it's never been my favorite. Like, right. Jedi are really, really great. Sith are really, really great. But I've always been the smugglers. I've always been the bounty hunters, yeah. the troops. And so I'm I like... musical numbers. <laughs> but I like yeah. the mundanity of this particular yes. one. While still epic in scope, it's about people. It's Agreed. not about magic people. It's just about people. Um, and I also like your real observation of, like, now I realize, like, especially as Jabba has over the years gone on such a rehabilitation tour of his personality. He's a father now. We have to always remember that now. I like thinking it was like, 
No, he's a genuine patron of the arts. The people playing in in his palace, when you're hearing Baroque recital, Lofty Neck, Jedi Rocks, this is because he really, truly likes music and is a patron of these people. I mean, sure. <laughs> he's a if they dis- of the arts. Well, if he disappoints, <laughs> if you disappoint Jabba, sure, you get fed to his rancor. It's a little higher stakes than some record deals, but not as far off as you might think for most record deals. You know what show I want, or maybe it's just a short Envisions that I want, is I want like a combo where it's Jabba. It can be like his ancestor. It doesn't have to be Jabba. You know, I don't want to break canon, but like combine a hut with like, um, you know, the show The Blacklist. And you just have this criminal who's traveling around and it's just this really nice guy, but he's still an awful criminal. And that's 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 a hut. Like, I just want to see that where he's like walking around, like tasting wines, like, oh, yeah, yeah, really just going to th- this person helped me out. So I'm going to give them ten thousand dollars and then turn around and shooting someone in the head. That's the show I want with Jabba. Give me that. I didn't think you were going to go. I want Jabba the Hutt via the Sopranos here. That's what I want. <laughs> what I thought you were going with was just from the, the transition was your love of the office. And I was thinking of an office place work thing <laughs> with all your favorite friends like the Rancor Keeper, Bib Fortuna, that one droid that runs the droid pit and all of their perspectives in a stupid workplace sitcom. Of I feel like Palace. if there was going to be a workplace office spinoff, Jabba's Palace does make a lot of sense. But at the same time... I just want it to be on Alderaan because I want it to be like the only incompetent Alderaanians, like the small group of them. And then like four seasons in, they're responsible for not flagging the warning that the Death Star had entered atmosphere. And like, they're the reasons basically only Cara Dune survives. And like, uh, you know, and we have them to thank for that. Uh, I think that would be a good show. Like if it, if it took place on Alderaan and that's just so we knew how it ended. On a long enough timeline, we will get that Star Wars, I'm sure. Some... I mean, Vision Season 2, baby. Uh, anything is possible after you watch The Twins. Anything goes. That's episode three. You guys are hyping that up a lot. Honey. I think you'll have fun I don't know if it. hyping is the right word. I like it. Well, so let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about critical reception. Because okay. if you're going off of um, IMDb ratings, which is probably one of the easiest quick aggregators for every single piece of television and movie that exists uh tatooine rhapsody is the lowest rated are you serious shorts yeah oh yeah by far oh my god uh, with the twins about a full number ahead of it um just remember we hate I, fun around here yeah I, yeah no I star wars that. fans are a real drag uh but having said that um for me i think this one ranks in like the top half like four or five probably maybe like but it's it's up there for me for sure i really really enjoyed this one um, but I don't know if I could ever watch something like this and say, yeah, this was good, but it, you know, I don't know if it could ever be better than like the elder or, you know, huh. some of these other shorts that are here. Like, like I just, this energy as good as it is and as much fun as I'm having with it. I don't know how much time I want to spend. Like 15 minutes feels like the right amount for me. You know, I like to play fast and loose. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, I'll sit through an hour and a half of the Star Wars holiday special. You yeah. know that the Lego Star Wars terrifying tales was an absolute treat for me. Yes. I thought it was great. <laughs> it, it beat the pants off the, uh, the Lego yeah, you holiday special. You were a fan of the holiday special It didn't year. do it for me the same yeah. way. And I think it's because it stuck too tightly to Star Wars. Sure. I I think it's fun to have fun, yeah. and I am not surprised, but I am surprised that something like Tatooine Rhapsody would be poorly received. I think that there's a lot of of weirdness that has you know made its way in, and I think the weirdness is fun. Uh, I yes. saw I saw Solo for the first time. What I don't know. A That's few right. weeks ago. We watched it, it together, didn't Yeah, we? it wasn't we that did, long yes. ago. And you have, like, Dryden Voss. Yes. Who is, uh, for Bob's Burgers fans, Mr. Fish Odor. It's the same character. That, <laughs> right? Okay. Now that you hear it. Now I think about now it. Now that you hear really it. Funny. <laughs> but it feels deeply out of place. Like, he yeah. was so odd and eccentric and, and weird. Well, he was supposed to be a cat guy originally. But... Right. <laughs> but but you enter into this territory of, like, it's, it's comedy rather than, you know, this deeply stodgy battle of good versus evil and generational conflict. And I, 
I think that's fun. I think it's fun to take a little a little side Star Wars detours, Ooh. if you will. Um, I, I, I'm very into it. I'm very into the idea of stories being told that don't have a greater impact. You know, Monster of the Week, X-Files. Uh, yeah, I, it, absolutely. I yep. want more Monster of the Week Me in too. my Star Wars. We're big fans of that episodic nature of things around here and the single one-off adventures, but... It has been proven time and time yes. again that that is well, not the case for my, most Star Wars fans. Here's my thing. My argument would be not so much that Star Wars fans are against it. It's just the current vogue, the current schema of what people like in media right now are generally these serialized stories. And I think that's just because where we are in culture in many respects, because we have been in this way before. Serialized stories were huge in, say, the first part of the 20th century, where we had serialized dime novels. We were going to serialized movies. We were going going and watching and listening to radio shows and stuff that was less episodic because it was one-off, you read it, and you moved on. And we're doing that now because when I watch through all the Sopranos, I've gotten the whole story and now I move on to the next serialized show, right? Um, episodicness is for more of mid-century when it was like, I'm going to watch this on repeat. I'm going to see the same thing over and over again because it's on reruns. It's going to be out of order. It's going to have, there's a lot of reasons why we would do that. And I think that has a place that it can come back to because I think some people watch YouTube that way, you know? Oh, I remember this YouTube video from like two years ago. Let's watch it again. Like, there is some room for that. I think just right now, everyone really likes these serialized stories because that's just, that's what we like at the moment. That's why our movies are becoming less standalone and becoming just super TV shows. Like the Marvel is a super TV show at this point. Um, but that being said, I think the Mandalorian specifically shows that you can have light serialization a la like an X-Files where some episodes are one-off. And as we saw in Mandalorian, every episode that sort of stood a little more on its own and wasn't as critical to carrying the plot forward are usually episodes that end up in the basement because people are like, filler. Like, And what's also so fun. frustrating about that, because I agree, and those episodes generally are the ones that, you're right, people don't get attached to, they do end up inevitably coming into play. Yes. Like they do end up being something on a long enough timeline. Yeah. So it's very frustrating. Yeah. It very, breaks very my heart to think that someone would watch Tatooine Rhapsody and say, well, I don't like that. <laughs> it breaks my heart. Well, just just the idea. I, I, I'm hoping no one's out there being that cynical of just like music doesn't have a place in Star Wars. Because like, of course it does. It's all through it. Um, it's Especially... I love this adding to the tapestry of diegetic music in Star Wars, because one thing that's cool about Star Wars is it has music that's part of its world, and we are listening to the music of that world. It's not, you know, the soundtrack we're listening to. It's like, that band is playing in the cantina. Lopty Neck is playing in Jabba's Palace. Boonta Eve now, I believe, starts with a concert. That's just how I'm going to think about it now. Um, and I I love that, and I love, I love having one-off fun uh it's it's the same people i remember like god what is it episode two of mandalorian when he's like fumbling around on the the jawa sand crawler and it's mostly just a bunch of like slapstick jokes as he's just getting beat up by these little like you know jawas and i remember people going like it's not very cool i'm like no it's funny Funny's okay. Funny is an important part of Star Wars. Fun and funny are good you probably hated jar jar didn't you wow well, I'm just saying that, like, to be fair, <laughs> comedic comedic stuff exists in Star Wars for a reason, because it's a part of the tapestry of it. And when people really want just this, like, grim, dark, heavy Star Wars, I'm like, did you watch Star... This is a movie about teddy bears fighting tanks. Mm. This is movies about droids bumbling through laser fights. This is... a it is not a totally serious property. And I think you and I talked, what you're kind of mentioned is like, and Solo had a little bit of that, a little bit of that energy of just being a little more cartoonish, a little more over the top and a little more Saturday morning adventures. Mm -hmm. And that's what this show really reminds me of. This is like Star Wars through like the Hanna-Barbera prism of we're on a band. And now I want to see this show where this goes on and they're solving mysteries on the next gig and like going through the galaxy, trying to become the biggest band in the world while dealing with bounty hunters and Jedi and all of that stuff. And so I do 
cut towards Vito's end from you, Ross, of, oh, you could give me more adventures of this band. I would be on board of watching, like, every couple of months a 15, 10-minute short of this band still desperately trying to get through an entire set. (laughs) I would love that. I would love it if, like, once a year we just got another set of nine episodes that continue each and every one of these stories Mm -hmm. in a part two. Like, that would be great. But I don't think I would want to watch 16, 22-minute episodes of this band, I guess, is more where I'm at. Now, I could be proven (laughs) wrong, but... I, I could understand not wanting that when we yeah. still don't have a rebel seat. Like, I understand not wanting to put resources into something when there's other things that could be made. But if there are studios willing to do this work and animators willing to do this work and someone or some group of people who are passionate about this story, then it is very much something I want to see. But I don't just, I don't like the idea of well, The Mandalorian is really popular, so The Mandalorian now needs to be part of a film universe that actually fits in six shows that come together in one culminative event. Like, like I absolutely I'm agree with you. Every I don't want every Visions property to become a big thing. I feel bad because I'm like I'm absolutely right. Well, Mac, are you excited about Boba Fett? Book of Boba Fett? I mean, yeah, of course I am. Are you excited about Rangers of the New Republic? Yeah, I really. Am. Oh no! I know. Oh no! I oh, know! No. <laughs> I know! I know! I'm saying it like it's a bad thing. We've talked about it before. How exciting it is, Dev live action Thrawn and live action Luke in the same universe in the heir to the empire time frame. So anything could happen. Uh, I guess the whole point is it is fun to have other types of star Wars and we want to continue to have other types of star Wars and to explore different areas. And as we've said many times before, it's okay. If not every part of star Wars is for you because the three of us all older experienced longer term star Wars fans all really enjoyed these dumb kids jumping around singing a song for 15 minutes. So the joy is there. You just take your time to uh, to find what you like in each of these episodes. And if it's only being back on, you know, on Tatooine, then that's fine. If it's being on Coruscant during you know, The Purge, that's fine. But take the things that you find interesting from these episodes and uh, enjoy that bit of it. It doesn't have to all be your cup of tea as it is. Stream the soundtrack. Available now. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that was really fun. Love this episode. But let's go talk about something else. So here we are, another episode of Star Wars All In, closing down a very musical episode of a three-man three ensemble here, which I really have enjoyed. Vito, it's been great having you as a guest. I really appreciate you being here. Great to visit, as always. We love having you. You are certainly our most tenured guest on the show. This is your, I believe, third appearance. <clears throat> uh, well, yes, I believe it is. And we may even have <laughs> one or two more planned for the foreseeable future. Um Vito, you've you've uh you have encountered some newer Star Wars. Uh, not only have you been watching Star Wars Visions with us, but uh, you recently watched Solo and The Rise of Skywalker for the first time. You were a little behind on those, so yes. we got a chance to watch them together. Yes, uh, very much like your uh, no trailers uh, going in, you know, without any prior knowledge that's how i've entered into all of these so i managed to keep myself quiet for years you went into the rise of skywalker not knowing that somehow palpatine returned <sighs> well i played fortnite <laughs> oh which which is wait, canon wait, that means he actually experienced the way everyone's supposed to when you see that opening line of a voice is heard across the galaxy you were like i was there man i was there you already knew wow amazing so you loved it right you you loved the rise of Skywalker, right? That's uh, it's not my mic. I'm just being quiet. Okay, fair I was enough. So this is one of the few times and, uh, in which we were on video. And what about Solo? What did you think of Solo? I had a modest amount of fun with Solo. Yeah. I thought Solo was cool. I would love to see 
more stories mm-hmm. like Solo. Uh, mm-hmm. It it feels odd that it's the only one. Uh, I feel that it could have been part of a much larger series mm-hmm. of of backstories and adventures, um, anthologies, if you will, if you will. Uh, <laughs> so it. It, it it feels odd as the one and only like it, uh, but I yeah. did have fun watching it and certainly enjoyed it more than, say, the conclusion to a nine-part epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, well, Mac and I are very much on the same page as anyone who listened to this show know that we also both very much enjoyed Solo. Make Solo and, 2 happen. Uh, yes, make Solo 2 happen and want to go back to that world very much. And hey, if you're reading the comics, there's a continuation in there now, I think, I guess. It's like a you got to buy eight different issues and Kira's in there. I don't know. I'm tired of Marvel Comics. I, ever since the <laughs> Kanan thing, I'm like over comics. Just, I don't know. That, that was too much for me. And see, this is what we talk about, why people need canonicity, because it really, it, it has hurt your enjoyment of something, and you feel a little cheated, right? Yeah, I, I do. I do, Mac. Thank you. I do feel, yeah. I don't know if cheat is the right word. Now, what if there but, was just levels, and you can just ignore parts of <laughs> Well, I've been waiting for three years for more Kira, and like to get it in this way is very disappointing, in my opinion. Especially when just tomorrow, some director can be like, yeah, but that's not really canon anymore. Yep. Ugh. That's anyway. never happened before. Yeah, but I have the press release, Disney, when you turned in your homework and said, we're getting rid of the old stuff so the new stuff will all fit. And then you just ignore it. Then you just ignore it. Because you let Dave Filoni just say, yeah, but what if the Bad Batch opened with a character from that other show that you all want a sequel to but we're not giving you? What then? Well, here's my thought. Frozen 2 wasn't meant to happen, but Disney looked at the numbers and said, Frozen 2's kind of got to happen. In fact, yeah, Frozen 3 probably one. has to happen, even if Frozen 2 is very weird compared to that first one, and 3 would be even weirder. We needed to make a Ralph Breaks the Internet, okay? So this is just the world we live in. Yeah. Too true. Too true. Wow, we waited a really long time for that to be the sequel to Wreck-It Ralph, didn't we? Uh-huh. Uh, it's just like, it's kind of like an Incredibles 2 situation, although less disappointing? More disappointing? Incredibles oh. 2 felt like the actual sequel to Incredibles, whereas Ralph sounded like, well, we want to make jokes about a completely different thing. We already did the video game thing. I'm like, yeah, like, but once. I feel that it probably won't age very well. Ralph Breaks the Internet? It probably Not already hasn't. All. I haven't gone back. I fell I... asleep in the theater during the ending. You're right. Probably the best parts of that movie are the really topical ones that are no longer topical. Like, it was funny when, oh, we're making jokes about Star Wars being next to Disney because we just acquired them, and that's not actually that important or interesting now. But hey, you know what? The point huh. of the matter is, Star Wars is always evolving. It's always yes. becoming new things. Yes. I mean, we just talked about, like, a great version of just doing something crazy with this property and just letting people play with the toy box. Yes. Um, and that's good. I just think we're going to get to levels of canonicity where... Maybe setting expectations is more the important thing of you can't market everything as being part of the real thing that's going on in Star Wars when you're going to have more things than can fit together. (laughs) We have other things going on in the world of Star Wars right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have more High Republic stuff announced. Uh, I have finally finished Into the Dark. So Mm -hmm. I finally wrapped up. Part one, wave one of the High Republic. Good. Finally good. started the Rising Storm. And I'm not going to lie, even though I've read all the other books, the Rising Storm starts off with, remember the thing that happened in that last book? Well, there's a whole big chunk of stuff you missed if you didn't read the comics. And they're just out in the galaxy now. So I guess I'm going to go find those comics. Um, Yikes. Hey, at least with some of those now, like I've, I've preached the tales of if you want to do Star Wars comics and you're not super worried about being absolutely current, go get your Marvel Unlimited subscription. It is it's a very great effective. great way to do it. Digital is great. Because um, you, you will be six months behind mm-hmm. perpetually, but, but if you're you can like, read all of it. If you're like me and you just wait for the trades to show up anyway, anyway yeah. I'm already six months behind. But I guess I should say I haven't gone and looked this up because I just like, whatever, I'm not in the mood to deal with this right now. I just started the next book. But if it's not explained in the comics, then I, 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 I don't even know. 
I don't even know. Did you read the Young Readers book? Did you read the yes. little golden book I read. I read the one that comes with two sheets of stickers. Okay? <laughs> yes. I read them. Okay? I just... All I'm going to say is, Into the Dark was somehow, for me personally, the first half of it especially, the most disappointing Star Wars book I've ever read. Because how does the best Star Wars author make a book that is so just feels like cotton in your mouth of just like, I can't even read this because it's so blah. And then it turns into an amazing book in the second half, like you want. And then there's just this weird gap of like, go pick up the comics. And I, I get it. I get that's what the higher Republic is, but like, it's very, very jarring. It was mm. very jarring. And I can't imagine what it's like for someone who isn't heavily involved in this to go from light of the Jedi, the first high Republic adult novel to the rising storm and have all of this stuff that has changed in the state of the galaxy, in the other property. It's just like, it was a lot for me to be like, what did I miss? Like I missed something. What did I miss? How did I miss this? It, it, it was just weird. Um, so anyway, rising storm, otherwise very good picks up, uh, where light of the Jedi left off. And the fact that that was also a great book. Um, what else? What else is going on in the world of Star Wars? The Terrifying Tales. We haven't talked about that yet on the show, but I know Vito has seen it and loved it. Loved it. Uh, have you watched it, Mac? Not I know yet. we're going to do it for an episode at some point. I've watched about half I, of it. I, I, For me, mm-hmm. I'm a weirdo, especially for my age group, of spooky season for me is like a week from now. Like the week before the Halloween, the week after is yeah. when I get into spooky. So I've got that and I've got yeah. that Muppet special I'm yeah. saving for actually Mac, spooky nights. Everybody knows spooky season is January when Scream Five comes out. What? Okay, that is the that is second Halloween because that's where we dump all the movies <laughs> that only make money in January, and horror uh, is the only genre that makes yeah. money in January well, for whatever if, reason. If I was Scream Five slash Scream One, apparently as they're calling well, it, I wouldn't want to go up against the new Halloween either. Let's be fair. I wouldn't want to go up against that either. I mean, the funny thing is January used to be always the dumping ground of like, well, we got to get this movie off the books. We'll just dump it in January. Or it's out of we're con- putting it in three theaters so it's eligible for Oscars. Well, no, 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 that. no, 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 no. Mm. That's, that's, that's the reason. Is January so is, Jan- is. No, no. January is, hey, this prestige film didn't make it to Oscar season. It didn't complete. It wasn't going to compete or we didn't like it. So we dropped it off here. Or it's a movie that we couldn't sell for the Christmas season for like the second biggest time when we sell movies. So we're just going to dump it in January because we've got to get it off the books. And then somewhere a couple of years ago, horror films, these cheap little good horror films, just found a way to actually carve out some money there. So January isn't just a complete write-off like it used to be. Unless you don't really like horror like me. (laughs) I don't know how we even got onto this thread. I don't even know what I said now. Uh, well, we're talking about yes. spooky season. Oh, we're yes, talking about yes, you know yes, the, how yes. I where I believe spooky season is supposed to live. Yes. So I'm excited to watch this. Vito, any other Star Wars going on with you? Anything new uh, in your Star Wars fandom? Like, I think my life is pretty quiet, uh, sure. in and out of Star sure. Wars. Uh, but uh, no, you know, I've been able to to truly you know catch up with basically at this point now everything that's available on Disney Plus. Yes. I have been able to experience at, mm. at this time, uh, which is cool. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, should you, should you discuss, uh, what is it? Terrifying tales. Um, <laughs> let me know. Yes. Because again, I've, I've plenty to, plenty to think about and plenty to talk about and plenty to inspire. But, uh, you know, in terms of, of what I've encountered recently, that's going to be my most recent, um, you know, getting ready to starting November 1st, watch the holiday special twice a day, uh, oh, all God. the way through the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, that's Christmas where my, the stars. Oh my God. My favorite album. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, again, I've, I've now got under, under my belt, the completion of the Skywalker saga, uh, which I, I we certainly don't have enough time for me here today to really talk about that. All right, how about, a lot how about of this? It's how about best this? Left to therapy. Do what? you have a favorite <laughs> part of the Rise of Skywalker? No. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you one question because I think this this is an interesting question. It's one of the places where Ross and I diverge a little bit. 
So, just heads up, did you like episode seven? It was fine. Did you like episode eight? Yes. And we didn't like episode nine. Do you feel that the trilogy is lesser? Like, the other two movies are actually lesser because of nine? No. Okay. Because I have found that I do not like seven and eight as much now that I know that... like. I probably, out of most of my friends, have the highest opinion of Nine, which is not very high. Mm-hmm. But the lack of a good sticking of the landing has made me just go, well, what I liked about Seven doesn't go anywhere. What I liked about Eight doesn't go anywhere. And what I like about Nine is them trying to suture this wound they've created for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they only barely cauterize it into this ugly scar tissue. Um and that's sort of been where I've ended up where I'm like, the sequel trilogies exist and and I feel somewhat the way that older people feel about the prequels of like, eh, maybe that was just a bad thing for Star Wars in general to have existent. I would say um, I did not hold episode one, The Phantom Menace, in the highest uh, esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh not not a favorite of mine um but also one that can be easily skipped or ignored um like it, we're talking about that next week last week i was telling my friend for the first time about the machete cut and how you like you know slice it in so that two and three are between episodes five and six and he's like well where's episode one it's like well for most people it's apocryphal you don't have to watch right it. right and uh so and but that's the thing, right? Episode one, apocryphal. I think that uh, episode nine can just be fully ignored. Pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, the, the, Hands the, over wow. your ears. Like just pretend that it never happened. That's kind of my perspective. There, there is something about the way episode eight ends, and like the possibilities are endless. And to just like if you had walked out of the theater and like an icicle had impaled you. And you're like, you got to at least leave with, like, the world of Star Wars was open. Anything could have happened. But instead, somehow Palpatine returned. Well, I I still stand by the fact that as someone who survived things like controversies on, like, say, Wind Waker. Like, where people got really bent out of shape. And it was like like episode eight, where there's a whole bunch of people said, this is amazing and great. And you people are bad for not thinking it's amazingly new. And people going, I just want my old stuff and this. I don't like this new stuff. That whole controversy came down a lot when we had the next one and you realized that that didn't have to be the everything. That wasn't going to completely rebrand and change the universe and this is what Star Wars is for now on, yeah. right? So I'm when inevitably Disney says, we've looked at the numbers and if we put a 10 on the box, it will sell X amount more. When they get to episode 10, I think episode 9 will naturally feel way less icky than it does right now because I, it won't be the final statement on the furthest point along the timeline of that universe. I don't disagree, but Ben Solo can never come back. He can never be done correctly now. But like, you know how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to win points with me. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But to me, Ray could still tell some really cool stories when they bring Daisley Ridley back when she's like a couple years down the road and she's yeah. the torch-bearing character to episode uh, 10. I think we all know that if they do somehow get daisy and john back that we could have a really good series with them as the leads if you can get harrison ford to return to this franchise it is just a matter of time to get anyone if ewan mcgregor is in a kenobi series it's about money and time is how we can heal i was gonna say yes (laughs) i do think it will happen but i do think there will be a certain time element to it where it will be maybe even longer than we expect like you know we could see grand jedi master ray at the start of the next one we may just skip all of the middle i hear what you're saying and i don't want that but it could happen that could be where we end up we'll see um i'm sure it'll start with her on tatooine recovering those lightsabers somehow because she has a really cool lightsaber she doesn't need them 
I really I like her see. lightsaber. I've already bought her lightsaber. Last thing I want to say about news about Star Wars is let's all put our fingers together, cro- cross them as many times as you can, cross toes, legs, <laughs> and hope that the um, announcement that's on the Days of Bounty that Lucas Arts announced as they're running to their 50th anniversary about a new game announcement that happens in December is hopefully not just some lame mobile release and hopefully is something significant. I don't think we're going to get Fallen Order 2 announcements because that's probably just not that project's probably not ready to get announced until maybe May the 4th at the earliest. But I'm really hoping we hear something cool from the world of gaming and Star Wars because there's a nice little blip there yeah. right in the middle of the seasons of giving yeah. that something cool could happen. I wouldn't be happen. surprised if it's some Knights of the Old Republic info. Um, but who knows? I mean, I would love a new project. I, I It is time to... I, I would love to see what that Ubisoft game is. There's, there's a lot of things. But that won't be till the season of giving, which to me... Maybe the next time we see Vito, because that is on our calendar. We do need to record that eventually. Yes, and I'm excited to get back to our Life Day adventures when that comes up. But uh, we'll see. Maybe we can talk about uh, Halloween earlier. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, but until then, I'm back. And I'm Ross. I'm Vito. And until next Wednesday. May the Force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2021.